What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Speaking Llama, a Survivor podcast. We are here to react and recap to the finale of season 45 of U.S. Survivor. This is Caleb coming at you all the way on the road from Alabama. Alex, how are you doing tonight? I'm better than you. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. <laughs> no, feeling great. It was a fun finale. Uh, sh- shout out to D for winning. Hopefully, that's not a spoiler for anyone who just this started playing automatically. But <laughs> shout out to D. Really, really fun episode. Very well-deserved win. Uh, and exciting up to the last minute, in my mind. It, they kept me guessing there for a while. So um, true. We had an epic, epic, the closest final tribal council that we have seen in in quite a while probably since ghost island we haven't seen as close of a final tribal as this one alex and so it's a it was a really good season i think this was a good cap to what has been a fun season i am mourning the jake dark horse winner prediction um they kept me on my toes all episode long and every time i was like you know it's done you know, there was something would happen or there'd be a big swell of music as Jake was talking. And I thought, oh, wait, maybe there's hope. But with every, you know, storm cloud, Alex, there's always a silver lining. And, you know, with these win, Team Caleb also gets the win. And Alex, just so we're keeping track. Four of the last five winners of survivor have been on team Caleb. So when, when you, when you are picked by me right now, you have an 80% chance of winning. That's not something we like keep track of though. I I keep track of it because Alex, we know that we like to argue and use, uh, use fake statistics at times. Um, and that is a great weapon in my arsenal to use against you later how is that a fake statistic though and because uh i'm saying it has a lot of meaning and impact when actually it doesn't have that much meaning and impact i mean it's solid i i i'm proud of us because the last five winners have all been picked by one of us that's true which is very impressive it is it is very you know it's it's like we watch have watched hundreds of hours of survivor um and don't have anything better to do with our lives Right, right. Well, one of us. Now, Caleb, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say which one. Uh, yes. Congratulations. Uh, you did beat me by a singular point. A singular point, which, you know, we, we close race all. So those that have been following along, Fantasy Tribe, I end up winning by one vote. Right? Technically two votes, but it could have been a tie one vote. But Team Caleb walks away with the Fantasy Tribe competition with D winning it all. And so congrats to D congrats to team Caleb mm-hmm. and congrats to you all for listening to this finale episode of uh, getting to hear our wonderful opinions. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you aren't already subscribe at speaking llama on pod, Apple podcast, Spotify, Instagram, we are have recapped and reacted to every single, well, I almost said every single episode. We did miss one week uh, of season 45, but we also have done past seasons of U.S. Survivor as well as Australian Survivor. So go like and subscribe. And for now, I hope you enjoy our reaction to this finale. And Alex, let's kick this off with, you know, how, how are we feeling after this episode in general about the season like what if you were to put one word to this season what would it be oh oh man i want to say d plus d plus okay is that is that is that the grade (laughs) is that like disney plus like uh like this is like a new subscription service or like what's what's going on no the grade if i had to give a grade i would probably say i'd give it a b um, but it's it's more fun to give it a D plus. Uh, yeah, it, it, like you said, it was a fun it, a fun end cap to the season. I thought this was one of the stronger seasons of the new era. Um, and really, I mean, going into the final five, I was like, who is going home? And and I think the five castaways didn't know who was going home either. <laughs> Quite literally, none of them knew. Um, and then 
it was even final four. It's like, okay, where's this going? Is, is, do you get to throw Austin in their last minute? What's going to happen? And then the, even the final three, like you said, probably the first half, first two thirds of the final tribal council, Jake was getting a lot of praise and a lot of the heroic music in the background. And we didn't see that as much. And even we saw a point where Emily asked D, hey, what what was your strategic move outside of your heart? And you and I both texted each other and said, like, say the Drew vote out. Say, say it was that. And she didn't say it. And to me, that's like, oh, no, this is this is not going where I want it to go. And, and, and it might not end up in a D win. But then that last third, it was like, okay, it's definitely between D and Austin. And then D's kind of last answer to the question that was shown. It was like, okay, I feel pretty confident that D's winning. And and I think with that made me feel excited about the finale. I think if it was like a, the editors threw a twist on us and like everything got shown, like the way it did. And then Jake ends up getting like seven to one or something like that, or like six to one to one. It would be like, wait, what? what? And sometimes they like to play that up. So they've um, done that before. They've Literally done that before. In the so, finale. It, it was, it felt like a satisfying end to the season, I guess I'll say. So I will say satisfied in the words of, um, oh, not Eliza. Oh, I can't think of her name. We, the Skyler sisters. Him. The, the Skyler, ah, the Skyler isn't yeah, Angelica. Not a lot, Angelica. Angelica. Come on, <sighs> Hamilton people. Oh. Let's go, Alex. We saw that together in Chicago. That was we did. Fun. It was great. Uh, the one time we weren't watching Survivor, right? We, we we saw a massive Broadway musical. Alex, <laughs> we're cultured. <laughs> we are cultured, <laughs> clearly. Uh, let's, you know, I, I agree. It was a fun end of the season. You said one of the best of the new era. I would argue that this is the best season of survivor of the new era. You know, my opinions, if you've been listening to us for a while, you, it's, it's probably not that shocking to hear that. Uh, we have kind of low standards at this point for what makes it for a good season. But I think what is exciting about this as well is that I think the larger fan base has enjoyed this season. And I, I saw a post earlier today about uh, the increase in younger viewers of Survivor this season for CBS, which is just another kind of plus to keep Survivor going on our televisions and maybe hopefully most importantly, keeping the 90-minute episodes going on the television, which I think is probably one of the biggest uh benefits the the biggest aids to making this season what it has been but alex we're gonna chat very briefly tonight uh about it's been a long night with the three-hour episode but we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the moves that were made and i think you know we can always talk about uh, what could have people have done what should have people have done and, and you know we don't always have that full context so, so i also want to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the bigger picture of the gameplay of this season that Jeff kind of started to talk about in the reunion aspect of this. But to kick us off, how did you, I want to talk about the challenges, hmm. right? We saw three of them this episode. The, the initial one to get the advantage that was go off and, and find the different numbers or find the, you know, count things and come back and have the combination. We saw the obstacle course that leads into the infamous Michelle puzzle. That's that's what it is known to me as, right? So, I don't care. It probably has an actual title. I don't care what it is. It's the Michelle Fitzgerald puzzle. And then finally, the modified um, kind of stacking puzzle with, with the kind of uh, trip trip bar. How did you feel about the challenges tonight? I thought it felt like a, a great mix of some classic challenges with a little bit of twist added in. I really yeah. enjoyed what they did with this episode. Yeah, it was fun. And I, and I really enjoyed the that first challenge you mentioned where they get yeah. on the beach and they're looking for the advantages. Now, you know, I don't know if you had the volume up or what, but very faintly in the background during that challenge, you could actually hear Terry's wambulance going off <laughs> in the background um from season 12 um so really enjoy that challenge uh i think it's fun um and, and it was a fun kind of exciting moment for jake to win and i agree i mean at this point the the fitzgerald puzzle is like it's such a difficult one but it's such like a fun final one you know i i think of that i think of the one oh what's it called 
that I would be terrible at with like you put the balls in and it goes around and around. Um, uh, some motion. Some motion. Yeah, like there are some of these final four challenges that just feel iconic at this point. So it's fun that they use that. Um, I'm with you uh, 100% on that. Um, so yeah, I thought the challenges were great. Uh, I I don't have any complaints about challenges. Yeah. I typically do have complaints about challenges, but not tonight. Not not tonight. And I especially appreciated Jake's um, way to remember his combinations, <laughs> yes. right? The It's like, oh man, Survivor Superfan out there. That's awesome. And I love the <laughs> fact that he like, obviously we had the explanation from the confessional that we understood his system of why yeah. like he like had the names associated. And when he won, he like yelled out those names. And it was like, like duh. Like, and, right, yeah. right. But like in that moment, no one else would have known what he was referring yes. to. So. Yeah, that was the best part. He he just assumed everyone did that, right? right like, right. oh, yeah, it's, it's JT Gabler, Denise, duh. Like, it's... duh. <laughs> also, Gabler, a former member of Team Caleb. So, just need to hi- highlight that as much as possible. But, Alex. Uh, I will I will disagree with you. I, I, I had this question saved for later, and I'll go ahead and ask it. The final four challenge, you know, you mentioned like, hey, it feels like we have some classic challenges that always happen at final four. I want to know, when are we going to see a freaking endurance challenge in a yep. final four or fi- what the final challenge yep. again, right? Like, yep. do, do you think there's a particular reason why they haven't done a straight endurance challenge in this kind of final one in, I, I don't think at all in the new era. I don't think really, Not really at all in, in a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think through Cause there's definitely been endurance challenges, even like in modern survivor, the new era of survivor, but none of them have lasted significantly long. Correct. No, no. It seems, it seems like most of the endurance challenges, they have strive to make them as quick as possible yeah. or not, not go longer than, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I think, I think one went almost an hour this, this time around, but yeah. for the most part, they've like added to the difficulty level to endure for a long time. For sure. For sure. And, and maybe that's just the 26 days, you know, wanting to kind of speed things up and not have, a six, seven, eight hour challenge, you know, out of 26 days. I don't know. Uh, but I would love that. You know, we, I say we mainly, I, um, you know, <laughs> hype up Australian survivor quite a bit, but I do think that's something to do really well of what I love in their either final three challenge, going to a final two or a final four, going to a final three. It is an endurance challenge and it is incredibly difficult. I mean, it is like a torture chamber, you know, think like, survivor thailand when they're literally in a torture chamber um for the final three that's kind of what they're doing but um at least pre-covid what they would do is bring family members out there and so even if it's just you know the classic moment the first season of australian survivor they are on this huge mountain in samoa waves crashing on top of them and they're just holding an idol very similar to season one of us survivor but yet their family members are there watching them. And it's just kind of a cool moment where it's like you are watching people who are broken down, who are so close endure, and it's so emotional, but yet they see that hope, that reminder of home with mm-hmm. them. And that keeps them going to me. That is like, it, it just intensifies this whole finale. And so I would love to see something like that, where it's, it's that endurance challenge. It's maybe bring a family member out. Maybe it's even a video or FaceTime with a family member. I don't know to get them excited about it. So I'm with you. I would love an endurance challenge. I don't think we're going to get one anytime soon. No, I don't think so. I, I think as well, like the, the, there is a point to be made that endurance challenges in particular advantage some uh, contestants over others, uh, which I mean, that, that goes with really any challenge. But what I love most about endurance challenges that are as simple as put your hand on an idol is that it is about whoever wants it more. Uh, and, and that is exciting. And that is about like you you have survived however many days it is at this point. And all you have to do is stand there uh, and, and mind over matter. This is a game about surviving. It is about both the elements as well as each other uh, and who wants it more. And, and I just really love that mentality or those moments. And 
you know, I think season after season, it probably can get a little stale, right? If you're doing this two times a year and it's a very similar type of challenge. So I appreciate it changing up some, but I really want to see another classic endurance challenge just to finish out a season um, sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But with that, like you said, Jake won that first challenge uh, and he fumbles his advantage uh, by messing up not once, but twice in the challenge and Austin walks away with that win. Great job, Austin. Great challenge beast. Uh, The challenge beast couple from this season was D and Austin, but he chooses Jake to take this reward steak dinner, AKA boys night 3.0. What did you think about his decision to take Jake over against his beloved D? Uh, I think it was perfect. I, I think I texted you if he picked D, I was going to jump through my TV and strangle him. Um, you know, because he both won reward and immunity, it can't really come back on him. And it's the yep. last vote out. And so really there's no big, like the other three at camp can't plot against him in particular. And so if he is trying to save D, send D with the majority. So that way they aren't plotted against her. If he takes D, that is a death sentence to D at that point because, and, and they both know it. So the fact that he took Jake, Jake had a rough time out there. He was missing that one puzzle piece. And it seemed like from what we saw, Austin and Jake were really far ahead of the other three in that puzzle. And so I love like the cop out of just like, hey, like you were second place. So I'm going to take yep. you. Even though we heard Austin say that was very strategic for me to take him. And it worked out well because Jake had an idol. Absolutely. <laughs> and he he told Austin. And and, and that really shaped that final five vote out because this news of the idol began seeping through camp to all five members. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I love his comment to like, oh, Jake, you know, he messed up or like, this is how he messed up. If, if he would have had that one block, I would have won. So like, let's, just, let's take him right? In Survivor, you're always, you always need to frame your strategy in ways that make sense to people, even if it just really actually doesn't mean that much, right? That it has to just make sense to other people, whether they choose to believe it or not, right? They could go back to camp and say, well, Austin just said that just to get by with wanting to take that. That's fine. But it beats saying, well, I think Jake's going to tell me everything at camp, so I'm going to take him. Right. Like, so like, you don't want to say that out loud, but give a plausible response to those types of questions. And now let's talk about Jake, who was my outplay winner, uh, outplayer, outplay player of the week last week for not telling anyone about his idol. And within 30 minutes of this episode is telling people about his idol. Alex, what are your thoughts on Jake's? (laughs) Use of, you know, he uses it one way in tribal council, but let's like his strategy going into this pre-vote phase and his idol. Oof, I, I didn't love that he told Austin about it because it didn't feel like there was any gain to tell Austin. Um, I just, it, I, he just offered it. You talk a lot about this. Like he just offered it up. You know, hey, I have an idol. I know Julie doesn't have it because I have it. You know, and there, there's no even game there. Um, Austin wasn't asking, Jake, do you have an idol? He just kind of gives that information away. And now he's losing power because you got to realize Austin's going to tell D about that, who then could tell Julie. And this whole thing could flip around. Um, now, I, <laughs> after telling Austin and then immediately telling Katura, it's like, oh, no, like, now everyone knows. And so I felt like if he was trying to use that with Austin to gain favor and kind of make a move, he just lost it by telling Katura. However, I do think telling Katura was the right play because they could make a move together, those two versus the other three. If only those two knew and they were on the same page and trusted each other, they could have easily taken out either Julie or D, whoever they wanted to at that point. Um, but because Austin knew about it and then D knew about it and then Julie knew about it, it just it kind of unraveled from there. So I don't like that he told either one. I don't like that he co- told Katura after he told Austin. But if he had to tell one person, tell Katura. Um, 
now it's the same thing. I, I wish he just didn't say a word and just played it on himself and, and threw a vote on vote on D and, and see what happened. Um, you know, I, I, I think that could be a great strategy, especially in the final five, because again, there's no repercussions at that point because you're in the final four and you just have to make fire. So if you burn every bridge and you get all the votes and take out, you know, everyone's number one, you're still fine because you're still moving forward. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Alex, that's a great opinion. I'm going to disagree with you here in classic fashion. Uh, my immediate response, as soon as Jake said, I have an idol, I immediately like screamed out loud in the living room with my family watching with me. Uh, no, like, what, what are you doing? Stop. And then I took a step back. Normally, I would say, that right this is a this is a bad move in general you shouldn't tell people i have one rule with idols you should never tell people you have an idol until you know you're going to play it right and so he knew that he was playing it that night and the reason i'm actually okay with this if this was his plan and which i could be projecting here but by telling austin and more importantly relaying the message that I'm obviously playing it for myself. So like, don't even worry about me. He then decreased the number of people he needed to guess correctly to play the idol for. Uh, and so now it becomes, he knows not Austin is not voting for D. Uh, now I know I don't have to, I, I'm not playing the vote idol on D. I don't have to play the vote, the idol on myself because no one's going to put votes on me because they think I'm going to play the idol for myself. And now I just have to pick between playing the idol on Katura or Julie, whoever I think is going to get the most votes. Obviously, this was a bigger play that could have seriously backfired. And there was a moment where I thought it was going to backfire on him when I thought Katura voted for Jake rather than for Julie instead. Uh, but I think from Jake's vantage point, he needed to maximize this idol play. And by telling Austin... He decreased the number of people he had to guess about where to play the idol. Man, Caleb, I am so impressed the amount of BS you can just pull. Nope. It pull out. Um, it worked. It people thought he was gonna play the idol for himself. Well, oh, that's fair. And at the end of the day, it did work because Jake was safe. And Julie was the one person Jake wanted out. <laughs> that's, that's Austin true. didn't want Julie out. He wanted Katura <laughs> out. D wanted Katura out. Katura wanted D out. I mean, he he got what he wanted. At the end that's, of the day, he kind of true. fell ass backwards into it. <laughs> but like <laughs> it it worked out for him to get that person he wanted out and the person who trusted him the least. Yeah. Which like, you know, I think there is a lot uh, speaking of trust, there is a lot to be made of Katura switching her vote at the very end. And I'm glad it was asked in the final tribal council of why Jake did not tell Katura that he was going to play the idol on her. And I do think that it probably would have been a safer move to tell Katura. Uh, and his answer of, I really wanted to impress the jury is fair. I, I, I think the story of Jake's moves um, this season are, he had a lot of big ideas that required a lot of everything going exactly right. Uh, and they didn't execute because too many things had to go right uh, for, for these big moves. But from the position of, I really need to impress people. I need to do something. He had in some ways to tr just try something uh, and, and in order to make it work. And it, because they were such high risk plays, it just never worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what I find fascinating is this intersection of Katura and Jake, because yes. the very first episode we see this, like, you know, Jake saying, I'm a lawyer and Katura like, you know, kind of playing with him a little bit. And then Jake's first attempt at a really big move, which really pretty much socially isolated him for the rest of the game was when he was trying to take out Julie um, there. And and I can't remember who, who did they take out instead? Sorry, who, who was this? What now? When Jake was trying to take out Julie, I think it was the split tribal council. Uh, that was the Caleb vote, wasn't it? 
that was the Caleb. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was trying to, right? And yep. Katura was the one who went with the Rebus. Yep. And was like that linchpin who didn't follow through on it. And then now we see kind of final five again, Jake tr- trying to make this big move. And Katura is like uh, inadvertently the one who messes it up um, for them. Now, you know, for Katura, she admitted like, hey, like, I made one wrong call because I didn't trust Jake. I think that is Jake's responsibility to get Katura to trust him to, for sure. to vote for D in that. And so I don't blame Katura whatsoever. I I feel for her because it's like that is a decision you that's going to haunt you for a long time um, is switching your boat the very last minute because you think something's going on. So I don't falter for it whatsoever. Uh, it's just I this story between the two of them is really fascinating i mean i'll fault i'll fault her a little bit uh i think i i can't remember the whole holistic season but just because you bring it up like jake has followed through on what he has said he was going to do previously now whether your relationship is different is like not close i agree that jake needed to do everything in his power to make her feel comfortable and obviously up until this point he has not made her feel comfortable week in week out throughout the season which is on him but also actions speak louder than words and at least with the caleb vote out jake did exactly what he said he was going to do katura did not follow through um and so like to an extent i get it that she got scared but also like you got like both of y'all that situation it is three against two you got to put trust in somebody right jake katura needed to trust jake but jake needed to show katuri that you can absolutely what i what i'm saying is that they are both at fault in this situation uh in in that katura needed to put a little more faith in jake's plan jake needed to have throughout the course of the season demonstrate to katura in whatever katura ways katura best like can receive that communication that he is worthwhile of working with or all, all, all this can be put aside if he would have just told Katara that he was yes. playing. <laughs> yes. And say, hey, act act scared, act surprised, and trust that she can do that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what's crazy, though, is that this vote out was, I mean, it had the biggest impact on the end game because yep. had the plan worked the way yep. Jake and Katara originally said, D is out. And that blows up this game wide open. And then that that makes hey is now Katura potentially in the final three is Austin out Austin can make fire though so is Austin probably making fire and then winning because he got way more votes than Jake did does Austin's game stack up as well without D sitting next to him in the back and forth between the two of them um, it there's some Julie's in there as a mix and so it just I feel like this move it just like whoo. It had such a big impact now knowing the results at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, that's like kind of a larger question about Jake's decision here to maximize the impact on the jury in particular. Is it like, do you agree with like, this is what he needed to do given his situation, Alex, or would it have been better to secure the move uh, and potentially not still not be able to win, right? Like, like that, that's what he's trying to balance here is like make a big flashy move that gives me some credit with the jury because I don't have a lot already. Or do I secure making sure a person that I cannot beat in the end goes home? Oof. I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword right there because Absolutely. you have to do both. And yeah. I mean, armchair quarterback, having watched it all, I mean, I think the move would have been more impactful or maybe just as impactful on the jury if Katura knew about it versus not yeah. knowing about it. Absolutely. I think that's where it's at of like, I, I don't see how if Katura was in on the plan, how that diminishes the jury's viewpoint of the move at yeah, all. I, I mean, I think the counter to that is like, because Katura could then make a claim on the, right. We've talked about this. I mentioned it last yeah. episode. I don't love the idea that like, People have like sole claim over a move, but that is unfortunately the rhetoric that we're using in Survivor. Uh, yeah. And so it, it just feels more obvious, though, that it would be Jake's move. Yeah. Which I mean, 
based it's on ninety five percent Jake's move instead of hundred, right? Katura can still argue her way out of that, right? So, right. so like that's, that's kind of that's the point, right? He wanted that genuine shock. I'm not saying it was a good move. I, I understand the move of his situation, but I think in general, taking out the person that you think is needs to go out uh, is the priority, even if you can't win. Uh, I will juxtapose this to right, like Jake tried mm-hmm. the I. Heidi, I believe it was in season in last season, um, didn't really like it, had an idol in this similar situation, yeah, and chose to not to do anything with it uh, other than you know confirm that they that moved on, which is like it's fair. At least Jake did something, tried to For make sure. something happen. It, it's yeah. it's a fun play, absolutely, yeah. and it, that's Jake is the type of player I want to watch on Survivor. Yes. Like Absolutely. that's that's it. Great storyteller, fun personality, likable, um, but also is willing to play big uh, when he needs to. Now it's not obnoxiously big every episode. I think Caleb may have said that at the final tribal council of like, you actually, or what's it? It was either Caleb or Kelly said like, he he played the game he needed to play, uh, yeah. where he needed to be a pawn sometimes, and he knew yeah. that. And so I, I I think that's a great way to put it. And um. Yeah, he's Which a fun player to watch. I, I really appreciate the fact that a, a jury acknowledges that. I wish they would reward people more for that, right? Like, don't, don't you know, give him more credit. He played the game that he wanted to play, that, that he had to play, and then you get zero votes, right? Because that was the game that you were given, right? Like, that. I, I just wish people would acknowledge that move and then reward people for consistent gameplay. So you heard it here first. Caleb thinks Jake should have won over D. I did not say that. That at is all. exactly what you just said. No, no, no. I, I, I countered his zero vote finalist, but this is neither here nor there. Alex, we spent enough time talking about this move. Julie goes home in epic fashion, which I'll, I'll the last highlight I'll make is the fact that I think Austin's decision to put the vote on Julie was very important in this episode mm-hmm. because it also confirmed if any shenanigans went on with Jake and his idol play, right? That was another kind of yes vote to make sure nothing weird happened and was really a really good outcome for him. Absolutely. On paper, Austin did what he and Jake talked about yeah. at the reward. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's a really great point. Yes. Yeah. So I, I just want to highlight, like, I think Austin played this situation very well, not even just from like that. He happened to put a Julie vote on, but yeah. Doing so also like made sure shenanigans didn't happen and that the person he wanted to go went home. Yes. So shout out to Austin. But moving on uh, to this final four, uh, we already talked about the challenge a little bit. Uh, watching um, Jake get so close yet again. Right, That's just the story and, and the fall short. Uh, I was a little worried that D was going to struggle putting that last uh bowl on top just because she happens to be a shorter player mm-hmm. uh, and she and she had that over her head i was like don't knock it down don't knock it down d wins it chooses to take uh austin with her to the final uh tribal council sending katura and jake identifying katura as the biggest threat to her game alex do you agree that katura in the final three was a bigger threat than austin in the final three bigger threat than austin because at at, at this point right like that's what it is is that you're making a statement that i think katura is a bigger potentially a bigger threat than austin to my game yeah maybe i mean the way the cast talked up katura quite a bit I, i i think maybe and again i'm reflecting more on like I think D needed Austin and Austin needed D in that final tribal council to be able to play off one, one another because the jury said they were looking for that fight. They were looking for like, you know, the dog uh, to come out. And and I think it started to with the two of them. I think if Austin's sitting on the jury, uh, D's final tribal council speech is maybe a little bit more tame because no one's kind of, fighting her for credit for some of those moves and so um 
I would have loved to see Kutur, either Katura D and Austin or Katura D Jake uh, final three. I, I, I think that would have been really exciting um, to see. Now, could she beat D? I, I don't know. Um, yeah. But I, I think she probably had a better shot than Jake did uh, to at least get a couple votes. Oh, yes. Clearly, she would have had a better shot than Jake, considering that Jake got zero at the final tribal council. But I agree. And, you know, I made the comment that she thought for sure Katura is a better, um, a bigger threat than Austin. I think you could also frame that by saying rather than like a bigger threat, but that Katura winning fire is a bigger threat to my game than Austin winning or is a less of a threat to my game than Austin winning fire. Uh to my game right so mm-hmm. keeping austin both of them being a threat but if all it's like all else be all else being equal austin having one fire in any situation would be the most detrimental to my game so yes yeah. uh, and and d and i were on the same page for that because i had texted you that before yeah. she even explained it because i think you were like anyway she sends austin to fire i said not unless he wants it but like why would she you are then giving him more credit at the final tribal council up against you. I think the smartest plan was what ex- exactly what she did was like, I'm going to keep you next to me. So you can't make any more moves against me. Yeah. Like I know your game now and you can't do anything else with it. I love that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought that was brilliant uh, from D. So my, my last question about this decision in particular, Alex is there is a world in which we go to a tie. I were one vote away from a tie vote final tribal council, which has happened one other time in survivor history. Uh, and in that situation, the person who won the final four challenge had the decision to make, and they could have made fire against the person they ended up tying with. They chose not to make fire. So let's like D obviously won. So like we can say like it was the right choice, but would it have been worthwhile for her to go toe to toe with Austin? The lovebirds battle it out. Maybe. Or like and, and and to not have any of this question of like, yeah, we all worked on this together, but I made sure I was the last one standing. Maybe. I, I think the two things that come to mind with that of why maybe she didn't, uh, one, Katura may be a bigger threat than what we saw mm-hmm. um out there. And then two Austin made it pretty clear he knew exactly what he was doing with fire. Yep. And so I think that probably ruled out that decision in D. Um, I, <laughs> short of getting voted out and going to Edge of Extinction and coming back with six days left in the game, I don't <laughs> think you should have to give up immunity uh, to earn your spot with fire. Um, I think in 43, that was like, the jury kept saying that about Cassidy of why didn't you take Jesse out in fire and stuff like that. And I just, I really don't like the fact that like, if you win the final four immunity challenge, it's like your fault. If you don't give that up to take someone out and fire. And that's like a mark against you. I just, I really hate that logic. I don't think it's great logic. I understand it. Uh, But again, short of playing very few days in survivor being on edge of extinction, needing to play a 39 day game in nine days. um, I I don't think you should need to do that. So uh, I was relieved when it wasn't even a question and Dia's just like, yeah, I'm safe great yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I completely agree with you i don't think like i don't think anyone should be knocked for not making fire i think it would be more about like confirming that the person that i am most likely to tie against or or it would be the most likely or the hardest to fight in a final tribal is gone without giving them credit like right because if you just send austin into final four and he, he wins then he has another notch in his belt um, yeah, going forward. So, but I, I agree. That's a good assessment on uh, both a Katura's threat level as well as B Austin's fire making ability going yeah. in. So, well, when I don't know if we're going to jump into this right now or if we're we're close to wrapping up, but um, I think for D taking Austin sitting next to Austin, she knew she kind of had her, her ace up her sleeve. Yes, with the uh, Julie, yeah, um, and I guess Emily vote out. Uh, where Julie played her idol because you know you and I were frustrated because we're like D why didn't you say that earlier but it worked out perfectly because Austin is the one who's like I you know 
D, you know, D did not tell Julie that, like, I told D, D, but I know she didn't tell Julie. And he looked like a fool in front of the jury because the whole jury knew yeah. because they talked to Julie. Yeah. And, and D knew, and they knew D knew, but Austin was the <laughs> one who said it. And to look foolish and to have a big statement about your game that everyone you're trying to convince to vote for you knows is not true. And you actually didn't have any power in that, but you thought you did. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a huge move. And so I love the fact that that didn't come out until what we saw the end of final tribal council. I'm sure final tribal council was, was several hours long. So I don't know where that fell exactly, but I think D maybe going up against Austin kind of knew, Hey, like even if we played similar games, he told me and I told Julie and I kept her and I didn't tell him about drew. Um, And so I think that was like the big distinguishing factor between their games. And do you knew that Austin didn't know that? So I, I, I love that that came out and that was the moment where it's like, Oh yeah, she's winning like this. This is absolutely. Yeah. That, that ended on the final tribal council and that's, yeah, it's a done deal. D's winning this thing, but it was much closer than I anticipated it being. But before we talk about their final kind of three final tribal council, Alex, anything in particular from Julie's standpoint or Katura's standpoint that maybe they could have tried differently or that you saw or you wish they would have done in this final five? I don't like we're at final five. There's nothing else that can be done up until like previously. There's plenty of things they could have done. But is there anything that stuck out to you of like, oh, I wish Katura would have, you know, obviously other than maybe switching her vote. But is there an argument that could have been made that you noticed? I don't know. And, and, you know, sort of like practicing fire more. Like, I, I don't yeah, think yeah. so. Uh, or that final five vote, right? But like, you heard Katura say to Julian Jake at the top of the episode of like, why, why did we just bring those two to the final five? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they're off together. And I think that was really like, they're a block. They're not going to take each other out. And so yeah. now you are fighting, the three of you are fighting for one slot. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know if there's anything they could have done different for Julie in particular. It very much felt like she was kind of sniped uh, off of a crazy tribal, right? Like a, a safe vote from Austin. Maybe Jake wanted her out. And so like, I don't think Julie could have done anything different to save herself at that final five um, tribal council for Katura. I mean, same thing. It's, you know, it's when the challenge is when the fire making challenge that's where we're at with the final four fire making challenge. There's not as much strategy as there is just like, can you make fire at this point? So, um, you know, previously in their games before the final five, sure. Yeah. I I think there are moves that could have helped them out different, but if we are looking at just this three hour episode, they said it at the very beginning, we're screwed. We just brought these two and and now we're fighting for that final spot. So yeah, yeah, that's my take on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- I, I really wanted to just focus on the final five because, you know, there's 26 other days that we could have talked about and the what ifs and we can play those all all day long. Right. What if Jake and Katura and Caleb had gotten all on the same page and Caleb was still in this game? Right? What if so, Kelly like, was still in the game? What if Brando and Kelly got to the merge together and ran it? What if they did? We'll never actually know, Alex. Um, but and we can thank Emily for that one. Uh, Alex, moving on to this final tribal council. Um, I thought it was a, a really heated, really good tribal council. I loved the back and forth between both Austin and, uh, excuse me, D to of like, he said, she said, he said, she, right? Like of these like contests of like, well, actually I did this. Well, actually I did this, which just like goes to show you the complexity of these kind of of bringing really tight alliances to that final three, right? Because there's always going to be the he said, she said uh, in that. But obviously D wins. She makes a great tribal council performance. I think everyone had a good tribal council from this. But any highlights from you watching everyone make their arguments or their pitches? I mean, didn't I just say it like five minutes ago? It's it's the the moment where we find out that D 
deep yeah. told Julie. I mean, that Absolutely. that's that's the highlight. That's that's the memorable thing to me about this final three. Um, I think what's also interesting in this final two you know, with Austin and D is you know there's a lot of comparison of uh Survivor All Stars with Boston yeah. Robin Amber, uh-huh. right? And they made the final two. There's one vote separating them, you know, it was an odd number, it was just two. So there couldn't be, you know, um that this this season, I guess, unless someone voted for Jake. But that that season, if I'm remembering correctly, and it's been a long time since I've seen that final tribal council, the two of them were pretty much the whole season a united front. And it almost came out where Amber's kind of good cop, Boston Rob's kind of bad cop, where Boston Rob's taking a lot of heat. Amber's also taking some heat, but not as much, where it's like she's kind of the lesser of two evils there, but their game was so intertwined and so connected, but Boston Rob was the bad guy. And mm-hmm. and in that, it was either a vote for Rob or against Rob. It's kind of the way it was pitched at the final tribal council. Now, is that fair to Amber? No, and her win. No, it's not. But that's the way it was pitched. Yeah. What was refreshing this season is it wasn't this like good cop, bad cop between D and Austin, where it's like they're so intertwined, they're a pair. And like, who do we like more between the two of you? It really was both of them fighting independently of here was my move. No, here was my move. No, here was my move. And, yeah. and maybe it's because it wasn't like an official romance out there like Boston Robin Amber was, you know, Austin wasn't going to propose at the finale, like stuff like that. And so, you know, we don't know if it was, you know, how deep of a relationship it was, but it felt very refreshing, I guess, to see both of them say like, hey, we care about each other, but we're going to we're going to fight for this. Um, we're not just going to like stand united against the bitter jury, um, which was fun because I don't think we've seen a showmans like that in the final two or final three since all stars yeah absolutely uh shout out to d for that argument holding that kind of uh cherry on top of her game right till the very end like you said too about um this wasn't a one a popularity contest between who felt most burned by uh the two people of the showmans i do want to like point out i know they haven't quite done this for a while uh, or at least we something we have not seen. I really wish we had opening statements uh, to the jury in particular, because I think for someone like Jake and for Austin, for that matter, being able to frame your game and frame your ultimate argument to the jury is insanely important, especially if you feel like you're working from the bottom or from a deficit, like, it, Jake is this, the obvious case because he was a zero vote finalist uh, is to be able to say like, hey, here's was my strategy going in. And Kendra provided a question that kind of allowed for that, but not, not none of the none of the three really answered it in a way that felt like a good opening pitch. And so I really wish they would bring that back and give people the chance. And maybe they have brought it back and, and or they they do some form of that prior to kind of like jumping into the conversation and we just don't see it, but I wish we could see more of that opportunity to frame your argument. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's been a while, right. Since we've seen that. And I'm even like my pessimistic side is like, well, that's because the producers want to frame it. Right. Uh, Like they they don't want the castaways to frame it because what if that's not the story they want to tell? Um, That's fair. That's fair. It is what my mind goes to, but like, as a career coach, I think of like an interview, right? Every interview you get, you're going to get the question like, tell me about yourself or walk me through your resume. Kind of very general question. They are not, look. here's your free advice of the day. They're not looking for like, I was born in this state and I have this many siblings and this is my favorite color. No, they're looking for like your thesis statement of your experience. Like here are the values that define me. Here are the experiences. Here's how I can back it up. And, and that's kind of your opportunity to shape your pitch of why i'm the best candidate for this job walk me through your resume is not line by line reading off your resume it's here are the themes of my resume here are the two to three themes that you will see interwoven throughout all my experiences here if you look at this now if we look at survivor as a resume we need those opening pitches to be able to do that for a jury to say jake d austin walk us through your survivor resume and and for them to be able to pick out here was the theme here was the strategy that I wove throughout it. 
Um, because in an interview, it'd feel really awkward if you just hop on and go, all right, Caleb, so tell me about a time that you led a project and and it went wrong. You know, what happened without giving you that opportunity to kind of share your thesis statement, if you will. Um, same with an essay. You don't just jump right into the body. You have that introduction paragraph with your thesis. So um, there's my there's my education for you for the evening. Yeah. <laughs> and I was free of charge. Uh, also, Alex will potentially be, I guess it sounds like you're jumping into the Adam Klein uh, casting coaching business. I mean, at this point, I probably could, right? <laughs> I'll charge 75% of what he does. Guaranteed. I, I mean, that's that's still pretty expensive, <laughs> but I mean, you probably get a lot of uh, interest for 25% uh, and not being a former survivor winner, but you know. But I, I am a successful host, not a co host, a host of a survivor podcast. Which podcast? Uh, speak in Lama. <laughs> I I thought Jake was going to speak. Oh, he want if he if he would have <sighs> done the llama voice at that moment, immediate would have been my favorite player of all time of speaking llama. We like, would have switched like, out the 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 outro music to Jake. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe maybe we'll get to have him on and we'll you know talk talk about his uh, Tony impersonation and. Uh, his love of, of of Tony and speaking llama, but Alex, we're we're kind of going over a little bit of time. I know the uh, this is obviously the finale. We have three hours to coverage, but I want to do some rapid fire questions. Yes, uh, real fast. the The first one is, how do we feel? Do do we need a change up in tribal council format? We're, we've been doing this group kind of uh, question and answer. Yep. Do, we, do, we, do we need a change up? Is it has it become stale? I, I noticed there weren't really sections this time. Yeah. So ra- rapid fire questions. Um, contrary to what I thought, I I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I I usually don't, but I it worked. It worked. I, I appreciate there weren't these like convoluted. Here's the outplay section. Here's the out as a podcast that gives outplay outweigh outplay outlast awards. Uh, yeah. You don't enter that. <laughs> well, we just do like one little award. We don't have a whole conversation around it, but uh, <laughs> I'm seeing the irony in this as I ask the question. Yeah, you're yes, welcome. I agree. I really appreciate it. Okay. Rapid fire number two. Um, do you, how did you feel about the reunion again? Did you, uh, did you like it? Did you, you know, we've been doing this five seasons now. We haven't previously liked it. Any other feelings about that from this version i just feel terrible like it i just <laughs> genuinely feel horrible because it's like i mean i guess jake it, it he seemed pretty confident you know we, he said hey when jeff went to go read the votes he's thinking about who am i gonna vote for <laughs> right like yeah. it felt like jake knew like <laughs> hey i probably didn't win and so i think he's fine but for d to like process all of that at once but more for austin who's like yes. i just lost and I, I think back to like cassie owen of just like oh my god i just lost i thought i was winning i just lost like everyone it's just this like mind expletive right where it's like it just it hurts to watch and you know jeff is like we're gonna get their instant reactions and i'm still on the same page of like let them sleep like let's show up for a, a brunch tomorrow on their yeah. last day in fiji Let's look really nice. We're all showered. We're going to have a reunion brunch. And hey, D, last night you won a million dollars. How are you feeling this morning? I, I I would like that so much more. I just, my, the empathetic side of me just really hurts for the finalists because I feel like they can't fully enjoy it. Yeah. Especially for Austin, that like moment of you realizing, oh, D was holding this one argument over me this entire time. Yeah. And I implicitly believed her. Like I said, I, I think, he is a young guy. Uh, he is also knows what game he's playing and was really good at the game that he was playing and is going to be fine about yeah. that. But like just in that moment of the questions about basically, hey, Austin, how did you feel about being completely screwed over by D this entire time? <laughs> right. uh, and now that you just lost uh, by one vote, how do you feel about that? Right. Like, right. And there's no opportunity for D to be like, hey, can I explain? You know, <laughs> like, right. It's just bright lights, pizza, champagne, like. Yeah, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I love your idea for our brunch. Maybe one day we'll get invited to that brunch. Who That'd knows? Be fun. That would be great. Survivor Reunion brunch hosted by Speaking, by Speaking Llama. Speaking Llama. I love it. Jeff Probst, oh give us gosh. a call. <laughs> okay, uh, the last three rapid fire questions. They're, they're, they're three. They're all in the same vein. 
I think it's easy for us to sit back. I ask the question of like, Hey, why didn't Austin win? Why didn't uh, Jake win? And I, you know, we watched the episode. I like to focus on the positive of their games. And in a sentence, if Jake would have been the winner, why did Jake deserve to win? <laughs> oh, I I think I don't love this argument. I don't think it's uh, deserving uh, of a win, but being yeah. the perpetual underdog and going yeah. against all odds to get to the end. Um, that's, that's the story of Jake. Yeah. Same question for Austin. Why would Austin have deserved to win? Oof. I, I think it is balancing um, what I would say is our outplay category, right? Yeah. Idols, advantages, and uh, challenges. He had yeah. the most advantages of everyone. He knew about the most advantages of everyone and really laying that on thick of this is why I deserve it. I, I'm a modern era survivor winner for these reasons. Yeah. And ultimately, what pushed D over the top? It's, in her words, my head and my heart are connected. And and I love that answer. I love that answer in a Survivor winner. I think she was dominant most of the season. Socially, she was one of the most physically dominant players out there. um, And it's, she deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, there is that moment where, you know, Katura is lamenting the mess up of the previous tribal council and is like, why did we let these two get to the end? Many viewers are probably sitting there saying, how did you let D get to the end like this? Kelly was sitting there at that uh, reunion saying, why am I the biggest threat when there's D over here, (laughs) right right here? And the answer to that question for anyone who's frustrated by people's lack of moves is D's amazing social game. Yeah. And the and the great moves by the re before to lay low, to highlight, to work people's relationships and build trust with other people, right? Every frustrating or bad move is mirrored by someone else's good move. And ultimately, the re before shaped the story of the season. And D had a large hand in that. And congrats to her. Yeah. Well, and it's two quick things. One, yeah, like for D being so insulated, like she had so many opportunities that if she wanted to jump ship away from the re before or away from Austin and Drew, she could have, there was like the all women's Alliance that was proposed, um, you know, yes. right after Caleb's uh, exit, things like that. Like D could have made that happen and ran with Katura, Emily, Kelly, Kendra, and Julie, like they could have been the top six for sure. An incredibly powerful Alliance, but D chose to stay insulated with the re before and, and like you said, like we've said throughout the season, in our coverage, like they are so well hidden in plain sight that it worked out so well for them. Um, but I also saw like Kelly, you know, I think she made a comment of, you know, hey, why are you going after me? Like you said, when D's out there, Emily made the comment of, well, D, I was coming after you next. All the people she was taking out, whether she realized it or not, saw her as the biggest threat. And so mm-hmm. to be able to snipe those people before they get to you or before they're able to convince other people to get to you, I think it's requires a lot of finesse and a lot of just emotional intelligence of what's happening uh, in the group. And I think that was really D's strong point here of just understanding what's happening in the room or on the Island, if you will. Uh, Last thing really quick that we didn't talk about, and I'm jumping back a little bit. Uh, Jeff, why does he hate Jake? Like (laughs) just pound him. Hey, Jake. Uh, great job. By the way, I just want to point out this puzzle piece. It was right here the whole time. You missed it. Hey, all right, Jake, how does it feel to be one puzzle piece away from winning that? Oh, Jake, you screwed up today at the challenge. Oh, do you want to tell the jury about it? You know, and then Jake, if you break that challenge, you're out. Jake, you're, you know, and then like just continuously pound him into the ground. It just, it felt personal. And I just, I want to have a conversation, an unaired, unscripted conversation with Jeff Probst to say like, what was your beef with Jake and why? Because I am, I'm very confident there is beef there and I don't know why. Like it was just so intense towards Jake of just beating the dead horse over and over and over again. I just want to know what happened. Well, I think a, that's 
Jeff's propensity to find somebody during a challenge to beat down on. Uh, Jake was the proverbial dead horse all season. Uh, <laughs> he can't do anything right, seemingly. Uh, yeah, but Jeff's like, well, I'm not going to be mean to the people who quit. Well, but but it. I'll be mean to the people who get third place. Like, get out of here, Jeff. As a Jake fan, uh, all, all season long, since I made that Dark Horse winner, I appreciate your frustration. But also, I, I feel like Jake took it well. Um, but He did. He yeah. did. But it just, it <laughs> fell over the top, especially with the Fitzgerald puzzle. It was like, Jeff, come on, bro. And, and I think what he did, he was showing hey, this puzzle was right here. And he's like, it was here the whole time. Just to refute any like, well, I was missing a piece of my bag or something like that. And that felt very pointed. But then the fact that he brings it up again at tribal council and stuff like that, it's like, come on, man. Yeah, which I thought the inclusion of all that in the edit was like, okay, the story of Jake is he keeps messing up and he finds a way to win. And so I thought this was adding to his like lore. But no, unfortunately it was, you know, Jake just can't do anything right. <laughs> and and another quick Jake lore that we got wrong was we never got the resolution of him passing out. We we never right we did talk about in the early episodes was his two instances of passing out. Typically, when we see something like that, there's a payoff later on, and they have continued the theme from season 40, 44 with Jamie and her fake community idol. And all they talk about with Jamie is their fake community idol. And then nothing ever happens with it. So yeah, we were wrong with that, but yep. still it was part of his story of his kind of dealing with failure and, and getting making, back up, which as for Enneagram fans out there as an Enneagram one was very impactful and very meaningful for me. So can't do things perfectly. Except host a podcast. Caleb, you're so, wrong. I am always right. I'm never wrong. <laughs> and that's the story that I'm telling myself. And I sleep well every night because of it. So, yeah. uh, no, I don't. I'm dead inside. Uh, Same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead inside because every single week I torment myself for 13 weeks in a row. When Jeff Probst comes on to my TV and says, hey, have you ever thought about being on Survivor? Well, you should apply. And every week I just look at the TV and I say, I'm trying, Jeff. I'm trying. Yeah. It's just his. Um, <laughs> to quote Taylor Swift for the first time this episode, Jeff, so casually cruel in the name so of being honest. Casually cruel. Well, Alex, I do want to wrap up this season. Uh, any final thoughts from you about the season? Maybe we'll come back to reflect at a later date. Who knows? We'll see. But any last thoughts from the season for you? Well, we probably won't because Caleb, you're on vacation for the next like month and a half. So yeah, I'm traveling. traveling. You're, sorry, you're traveling for the next month and a half. So um, no, again, fun season. I I'm really excited for the rewatch. Um, just to to root for the Reba for and kind of see that story. You know, we love having fun with our fantasy tribes. None of them uh, until the merge with Austin were on my fantasy tribe. I had mostly Bello on my tribe, um, with and then Jay Maya. Um, so I wasn't necessarily rooting for the Reba for in the early stages yeah. of the game for that, um, because that's what's fun, right? Rooting for our fantasy tribe. So I'm excited to kind of see the story of those four and knowing how deep they make it, knowing how like D not telling Austin about the Drew vote versus Austin telling D about the Julie vote, like how impactful that all was really excited to see what happens there. Um, definitely excited for season 46. Um, the preview. I mean, it is, it looks like a new era survivor uh, season, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm like, oh, great. It's an even number. So we got the the purple, green, and orange tribes. Uh, sweet. Uh, so um, it does seem there's more emphasis on the fans, uh, which is exciting. You know, we mentioned Jake tonight, you know, talking about the survivor winners as the numbers. We saw Austin being a really big fan, even kicking over the puzzle like you're a survivor fan, if you know that. Um, so I do think that will be fun to see more fans. Uh, but we are more excited for Australian Survivor, Titans versus Rebels, uh, premiering on February 5th, which is just a few weeks before season 46 uh, of U.S. Survivor. So 
catch us going all spring double coverage uh with those two seasons way way to steal my outro alex you You are very we're we're not even wrapping out i still have something else to say so i'm gonna just say it again here in a second um no, thanks, Alex. I appreciate those thoughts. Uh, the last thing I'll say about the season, it was a fun season. What I loved most about this final Tribal Council, as uh, it, it actually happened in the final five, Jeff asked Jake a question about this, like, how, how do you navigate, like, the phases of the of the game where it's all about relationships and it becomes about, like, voting blocks? And, like, right, there's been any odd number names of the evolution of strategy and voting blocks and pilots and passengers and X, Y, and thing survivor at the end of the day is a social experiment. Uh, and it, it is meant to be about like, Hey, we're putting people from all walks of life, supposedly uh, onto an Island together and they decide what makes for a good winner. And so I felt like with this season, we saw more arguments about, or more just like conversation about, these are the things that like there there was more credit given to the social relationships, the relational piece tied with the strategic pieces of the game. And so I really appreciate that about, about this season. But with that, that does complete our coverage of season 45. Thank you for joining with us week in, week out um, this season. We are coming back in the spring. First, for as Alex mentioned, the new season of Australian Survivor. We are super excited about that, uh, jumping in. Um, and then we will also do season 46 of US Survivor. So there will be lots of content for Speaking Llama coming your way at the, in 2024. Uh, but until then, we'll speak Llama to you later. <laughs>